BBC presents Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Conrad Case by Francis Durbridge. Episode one, The Man from Munich. Paul, the clock on the dashboard says 12 o'clock. Mm. I make it 12.20. I had no idea it was as late as that. It's been quite an evening, hasn't it, Steve? I haven't danced so much for years. No, you haven't. I seem to detect a slight note of sarcasm in that remark. <laughs> really, darling. These modern dances aren't quite your cup of tea. Are you suggesting that I need a course of six easy lessons? Six? Well, considering it was a charity ball, I think you might be a little more charitable about my dancing. <laughs> Are you going to put the car away, Paul? No, I'll let Charlie do it. Won't he be in bed? Well, you've forgotten. It's his night out. He's probably been to the Pally, indulging in his weekly bout of rock and roll. Ah, now that's an idea. What? Maybe Charlie could give you six easy lessons. <laughs> well, so you're still up, Charlie? Yes, Mr T. Did you have a good time? No, it was a proper washout. Oh. Old time night, waltzes and foxtrots. Me and Beryl left soon after nine. Bad luck, Charlie. I have a feeling Mr. Temple and I would have done better at the palace. <laughs> Any messages, Charlie? Uh, yes, a chap telephoned. Wanted to speak to you. Uh -huh. It was such a terrible line, I haven't got a clue what it was all about. Well, didn't you get his name? Well, he said something about phoning from France and he'd ring again later. Charlie, did you leave the light on in the drawing room? Oh, yes, Mrs. Temple. Uh, Sir Graham Forbes and somebody's in there. They've what? been waiting over an hour. I told Sir Graham to help himself to a whiskey and soda. I hope that was all right, Mr. Temple. Yes, yes, of course. Put the card away, Charlie. Yes. Ah, <laughs> here you are. Oh, I'm sorry you've had such a long wait, Sir Graham. Nice to see you both again. Why on earth didn't you let us know you were coming? We've been out tripping the light fantastic. Well, at least we've been tripping. <laughs> <laughs> May I introduce Herr Wilhelm Brechschaft of the Munich Police, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Temple. How do you do, Herr Brechschaft? I'm delighted to meet you, Mrs. Temple and Mr. Temple. I'm delighted to meet you, Herr Brechschaft. Uh, but please, let me get you another drink. Oh, not at the moment, if you don't mind, sir. Charlie told us to help ourselves. I hope you don't mind. Oh, I should think so, after all these years. <laughs> Are you here on holiday, Herr Brechschaft? Uh, not exactly a holiday, Mrs. Temple. I picked Herr Brechschaft up at London Airport this evening. It's an unofficial visit, at least uh, so far as the press are concerned. It is, however, a matter of some urgency, Mr. Temple. My colleagues and myself are engaged upon an inquiry, and I have come to ask for help from Sir Graham Forbes. Is it a murder case, Herbrickshaw? No, it concerns a well-known school near Garmisch Partenkirchen in Bavaria. Not Weldon's. Oh, that is the place. You know it, Mrs. Temple? A great friend of mine was expelled from there. They were very strict in those days. <laughs> well, they are still strict. Uh, that is why this affair is extraordinary. Uh, the young ladies are under close supervision, yet one of them has has disappeared. Disappeared? Uh, what kind of school is this? It's one of the best finishing schools on the continent. Very exclusive. Brechtshaw tells me that it's owned and run by a widow, an Englishwoman. 
Uh, Mrs. Elizabeth Weldon. Uh, that's right. Uh, her pupils come from all over Europe, I indeed from all over the world. How old are these girls? Oh, 16 to 19. And the missing girl? Uh, she's 18. And English. That's why Brexstaff's here. Uh, her name is Betty Conrad. She is the daughter of a Harley Street psychiatrist. Oh. The circumstances are most unusual. The girl seems to have uh, vanished into thin air. My men have made many inquiries, but so far we have been unable to throw any light upon this strange affair. I see. Are there any other facts? Yes, yes, there are many facts, Mr. Temple. We discovered that Betty Conrad had been friendly with a young Englishman named Dennis Harper. Dennis Harper? Yes, yes. He works in the Anglo-Continental Bank at Munich. When the girl disappeared, Harper was not to be found, and we thought they might have gone away together. But he returned a few days later. He had been on a motoring holiday in Austria and knew nothing at all about Betty Conrad's disappearance. Mm -hmm. Indeed, he seemed to be genuinely upset when we told him about it. And what about Mrs. Weldon? Was she upset? Oh, of course, Mrs. Temple. She, she was most disturbed. Nothing like this had ever happened before at Weldon's. Did you question anyone else besides Mrs. Weldon and Dennis Harper? Yes, yes. It's over a week now since the girl disappeared, so we have questioned many people. There's an English novelist named Elliot France. He frequently stays with a friend of his, a, a Countess Decker, who has an estate quite near the school. When he is staying with her, she occasionally invites Mrs. Weldon and some of the pupils to tea or, or for music in the evening. Elliot France. I've read some of his books. Oh, yes, yes, I expect you have, Mr. Temple. He is one of these international characters, travels about a great deal. Does Mr. France come into this inquiry? Yes, he does. You see, Betty Conrad shared a room with June Jackson, an American girl. On the day she disappeared, she told June that she was going to Schreidenstein. Where is that? Uh, th that's the name of Countess Decker's estate. Oh, I see. She told June that she was going there because she'd been invited to have tea with Elliot France. Well, she was very thrilled about it. And did she keep the appointment? She caught a bus outside the school and was seen to leave it at the main gates of the estate. Since then, there has been no trace of her. And what did Mr. France have to say about all this? That's the peculiar part about it, Mrs. Temple. He says he hardly knew the girl, certainly never gave her an invitation. Perhaps the Countess issued the invitation. No, she denies ever having been in touch with Betty Conrad. Did Betty mention this invitation to any of the other girls or to Mrs. Weldon? No, no, she didn't mention it to anyone except June Jackson. But surely she should have notified someone in authority that she was going to be out to tea? She should have done, Mrs. Temple, but she didn't. I take it the girl's parents have been notified? Yes, and the girl's mother. Well, actually, it's her stepmother. Doesn't seem at all concerned. But the father's extremely worried. I think perhaps Mrs. Weldon is more worried than anyone else, Sir Graham. She's terrified that this affair might get into the newspapers. I've told her that we can't withhold it from the press indefinitely. I suppose she's frightened of what the other parents will think. Uh, exactly, Mrs. Temple. Well, it's interesting, Sir Graham, but I'm afraid I can't express an opinion without first talking to the people concerned. That's exactly what we'd like you to do, Temple. But I can't possibly rush off to Garmish at a moment's notice. Why not? You always said you liked Bavaria. Yes, I do, but you know jolly well I... Well, Temple? I'll... I'll sleep on it, Sir Graham. Give me a ring tomorrow morning. This morning, darling. Oh, dear. It's well o'clock. You'd better lock the front door, Paul. I think Charlie's done it. Steve, do you really want me to get involved in this case? No. But you said... Well, I know what'll happen if you don't. You'll start work on another book and I shan't see you for weeks. Months, in fact. Look what happened when you wrote the Tyler mystery. You even had your meals in the study. Yes, I know, but 
This doesn't seem a very interesting case to me. Do stri... Excuse me, sir. Mr. Breck. Um, Breck... I beg your pardon, Mr. Oh, Tumble. come in here, Breckshaft. I'm afraid I've left my valise somewhere. Hmm? I put it down near the sofa. Ah, oh, there, there it is. Oh, wait, I'll get it for you. Oh. There you are. Uh, thank you. It's most kind of you. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Good night. Oh, there, there's one small point I forgot to mention. Mm -hmm. it, it's not really important. Uh, at least I don't think so. But when my men searched Betty Conrad's room at the school, uh, they found in her desk a little um, a cocktail stick. Uh, you know, the kind you have in a gin and Italian, perhaps. Yes. This stick was rather unusual because the top represented the head of a dog, uh, an Alsatian dog. But why shouldn't she have uh, it? Please. Some days later, when I was taking my family for a drive in the country, we stopped at an inn for a drink. It was about 20 miles from the school. They had identically the same type of cocktail stick that we had found in Betty Conrad's desk. And they assured me the sticks were exclusive to that particular inn. The proprietor was very proud of them, in fact. Did you describe Betty Conrad to him? Yes, yes, and showed him a photograph of her, but neither he nor his staff recognised her. Mrs. Weldon had told me that girls were not allowed outside a five-mile radius of the school, unless they were accompanied by their parents. Then how could she have got that cocktail stick? Well, someone could have taken one for a souvenir, I suppose, and given it to her. Oh, that, that's mm. a possibility, of course. Uh, so, Mr. Temple, do you think you will be able to help us? I'm afraid I still haven't decided, Herr Breckshaft. But as I told Sir Graham, I'll, I'll sleep on it. Very well. Uh, no, I mustn't detain you any longer. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Good night. I'll see you to the door. Steve, I wish you'd speak to Charlie about the toast. He blames that new machine you bought. He says it's out of adjustment or something. Well, he's out of adjustment, if you ask me. I'll buy him a toasting fork. Oh, darling. You sound very grumpy this morning. I'll have some more coffee, please. Yes, you shall. Oh, Paul, are we going to Germany? No, darling, we're not. Oh, I see. It's no use, Steve. I've, I've got far too much work to do. Yes, dear. I've got that new novel to write, and by the end of next month I've promised... Oh, why on earth doesn't Charlie answer the telephone? He has answered it. Uh, and I can just imagine what's going on. <laughs> well, really, you are in a mood. Mr Temple, hmm? that man's on the phone again, the chap the telephone last night. Uh, but I got it wrong, sir. He wasn't talking from France. His name's France. Oh. Well, it must be Elliot France, darling. Yes. Oh, all right, Charlie, I'll take it. You'd better listen on the extension, Steve. Yes, all right. Clear the table, will you, Charlie, please? Yes, Mrs T. Hello, Paul Temple speaking. Oh. Good morning, Mr. Temple. My name is Franz. I telephoned you last night, but unfortunately you were out. Yes, I got your message, Mr. Franz, but I, I couldn't ring you back because you didn't leave a number. No, I'm only in England for a few days. Oh. Well, uh, what can I do for you? Well, I rather wanted to have a word with you, if you could spare me a moment or two. Yes, certainly. I'd be delighted to meet the author of Zero is Tomorrow. Thank you. But um, couldn't you give me some idea what it's all about? It's about Betty Conrad. Betty Conrad? But when you telephoned last night, I hadn't even heard of the girl. Yes, I know. I also know about her Brickshaw's visit to your flat last night. Really? Well, uh, I shall be here all the morning if you care to call. Uh, no, I'm afraid I can't do that. You see, I'm staying out of town, and if you wouldn't mind... Um, look, do you know Pointer's Hotel near Godston? Uh, 
point. Yes, yes, I do. Do you think we could possibly meet there for lunch today? Well, uh, if you can make it fairly late, say one thirty. Well, that will do admirably. I shall look forward to seeing you. Oh, uh, would you have any objection if my wife came along? No, of course not. I'd be delighted. Good. Well, one thirty then. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, you really are extraordinary. Here we are, dashing down to Godston, and yet you say that you're not going to get mixed up in this affair. I said I had a great deal of work to do. Anyway, you must confess the whole thing sounds a little more intriguing. You mean since Elliot France telephoned? Yes. By the way, he doesn't write many novels, does he? No, but those he does write so like mad all over the world. I've never read one of them. Well, I don't think it'll worry him very much, darling. I'm told he's got an enormous private income. Has he? Oh, well, he'll probably have a jolly interesting lunch. Although it's going to be a bit awkward if he asks me if I've read any of his books. I know you can tell me the plot of the one you mentioned. Um, Zero is Tomorrow. If you can remember the plot, of course. No, I can remember it all right. Zero is Tomorrow happens to be the title of my next novel. Your next novel? Yes. But why did you mention it to Elliot France? I suddenly had a hunch. I wanted to discover if the gentleman on the telephone really was Elliot France. And wasn't he? No, he wasn't. <laughs> you know, you're quite right, Steve. I think it's going to be a jolly interesting lunch. I think Mr. France has already booked. Ah, yes, of course. Mr. and Mrs. Temple. That's it. Mr. France has just phoned to say he'll be down in a few moments, sir. You mean Mr. France is staying here? Uh, yes, sir. He's been here for several days. He's asked me to serve cocktails on the terrace. Will you come this way, please? Aren't you going to finish your drink, darling? No, I'm not very keen on it. Oh, too much gin? Yes. Paul, have you noticed the cocktail sticks? Yes. Exactly like the one that Breckshaft found in Betty Conrad's room. Mm, I know. Waiter. Yes, sir? Mr. Franz is rather a long time. We've been here 20 minutes. Yes, I'm sorry, sir. He must have been detained. Oh, well, uh, could you get us some olives? Yes, certainly, sir. Oh, uh, waiter. Mr. Temple? These cocktail sticks, they're rather unusual, aren't they? How long have you had them here? Oh, no time at all, sir. Mr. Franz said you'd be amused. Oh, did Mr. Franz supply them, then? He did indeed, madam. He insisted I use them for your cocktails. I gathered it was some kind of a private joke, sir. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Thank you, waiter. Uh, don't forget the olives. Right away, sir. Our host seems to have a rather strange sense of humour. Mm. These sticks are rather attractive, aren't they? The Alsatian's awfully well carved. Mm. What are you thinking about, darling? You know, Steve, I think there's more to this business than just the disappearance of a schoolgirl. I think that when Breckshaft contacted Sir Graham Forbes, he knew perfectly well... Excuse me, sir. Mr. France sent this note down for you. Note? Oh, thank you. All right, thank you, waiter. Yes, sir. What does it say, Paul? Listen, I'm extremely sorry. I shall be unable to keep our appointment. I have been urgently summoned to see a friend at Oxted. I shall be most offended, however, if you do not stay to lunch. The waiter has his instructions. Hmm. Perhaps you could look in at my friend's cottage on your way back to town. The address is Bankside Cottage, Faraday Lane, Oxted. Elliot France. P.S. I will explain my shaggy dog joke when I see you. What does he mean by shaggy dog joke? Presumably the cocktail sticks. Oh, yes. Well, 
What do we do now, Mr. Temple? There's only one thing we can do, Steve. What's that? Have a free lunch, darling. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, could you direct me to Bankside Cottages in, in Faraday Lane? Uh, yes, sir. You mean Dr. Conrad's place? Dr. Conrad? That's right. He's a big London doctor. He comes down here at weekends. It must be Betty Conrad's father. You keep straight down here and uh, the house you want is right at the end, just past the little pond. I see. Thank you very much. Garden's rather neglected. Yes, this lawn could certainly do with a trim. It's all very quiet, darling. I don't think there's anyone in. Oh, there never is. No. Well, you ought to be used to this kind of thing by now. Yes. Go on, ring the bell. If the doctor only comes at weekends... But the note distinctly said that the man who called himself Franz had an urgent summons here. Yes. I still think there's no one in. But if there is, they're certainly not hurrying themselves. This door's not locked. Come on, let's go in. Oh, look, there are some letters on the floor. Yes, I just noticed the circulars. Detergent coupon. Hello. Here's a postcard. What does it say? It's addressed to Mrs. Ruth Conrad. It's from a tailor, by the look of things, but there's no name on it and no address. But what does it say? Dear madam, your coat, the blue coat, will be ready on Friday the 18th at 4 o'clock. Friday the 18th. Yes, that's next Friday. Yes. Well, at any rate, it looks as if Mrs. Conrad spends some time yes, here. Yes, that's just what I was thinking. Steve, I'm going to have a good look round this place. We'll start here. Now, this looks as if it might be the drawing. By Timothy, what a shambles. There's been a devil of a struck. Steve, stay where you are. What is it, Paul? There's someone on the floor at the back of the settee. No, don't move, darling. Stay where you are. Who is it? I don't know. Do you think it's the man who telephoned you, the man who pretended to be France? It could be. Yes. Oh. He's dead, isn't he? Yes, Steve. He's dead. Well, you've certainly had quite a day, Temple. Quite a day. Haven't the police any idea who the murdered man might be, Sir Graham? No, Temple. But they're sure of two things. One, that he's not Eliot France. Two, that he's the man who stayed at Pointers and called himself France. But as to how he knew so many facts about this particular case, we just can't imagine. Unless Breckshaft can throw some light on the matter. I regret, Sir Graham, that I know nothing about this man. Did you see Dr. Conrad? Yes. There again, I'm afraid, we seem to have struck a dead end. He knew nothing about the man either. Had no idea how he got into the house. Mm, the man who killed him must have got into the house as well. What were they after? I don't know. And Dr. Conrad can't throw any light on it either. He told me he hardly uses the house now. Was thinking of selling it. It seems his wife doesn't care very much for the country. Does Mrs. Conrad know anything about the dead man? Apparently not. She was present when I gave her husband the description. And she said she'd no idea who he could be. I see. Oh, I found this postcard, Sir Graham. It's addressed to Mrs. Conrad. It was on the mat near the front door. Mm -hmm. Blue coat, Friday the 18th. 
Why should she give them her country address if she's hardly ever there? Exactly. I may be wrong, but I have a feeling that Dr. Conrad is withholding information, Sir Graham. Yes, well, I'm afraid there's nothing we can do about that at the moment. Uh, Mr. Temple, forgive me for raising the question again, but uh, have you reached a decision about this case? Yes. If you think I can be of any help to you, Herr Breckshaft, I'm at your disposal. Ah, thank you, Mr. Temple. Oh, uh, could you and Mrs. Temple fly to Munich with me tomorrow? Yes, I think that can be arranged. I must say, these German roads are wonderful. Yes. This car goes like a bomb. Was it very expensive to hire? Yes, it was. I shall charge it up to Sir Graham. <laughs> Paul, you never said a word to Breckshaft about the cocktail sticks. The cocktail sticks? Yes, the pointers. Oh, didn't I? No, you didn't. Timothy, you're quite right, I didn't. I forgot all about it. Oh, yes? What do you mean, oh, yes? Come off it, Paul. <laughs> oh, look, that must be the school. By Timothy, it's quite a place, isn't it? Mm. I didn't think it'd be as impressive as that. Neither did I. Paul, why didn't Herr Breckshaft come with us? I thought it would be less embarrassing for Mrs. Weldon if we had a little chat off the record, as it were. Was that the only reason? Yes, darling, the only reason. Mm. Ah, here we are. I'm delighted to meet you, Mr. Temple, and it's most kind of you to interest yourself in our little storm in a teacup. Let's hope it is a storm in a teacup, Mrs. Weldon. Uh, do sit down, Mrs. Temple. Uh, over by the window. It's rather a pleasant view. This is a lovely place, Mrs. Weldon. <laughs> yes, isn't it? Particularly at this time of the year. Mm, surprising that a girl should want to run away from such agreeable surroundings. Yes, it is. Dear, oh dear. This is a most irritating affair. You still haven't heard anything from the Conrad girl, I take it? No, not a word. What's your opinion of all this, Mrs. Weldon? Well, I can't help feeling that she's lost her head over some man or other. She's at a very susceptible age, you know. Do you think she might have had a crush on Elliot France? Well, that's possible, of course. But I don't think for a moment that Mr. France is involved in any way, if that's what you mean, Mrs. Temple. And Countess Decker? Oh, quite beyond suspicion. I've known Elsa, the Countess, for some time. We're great friends. She's entertained the girls almost since the school started. Mm. Well, I hope we'll be able to find this girl, Mrs. Weldon. But there seems to be very little to go on at the present moment. Uh, are you staying in Garmisch or in Munich? Uh, in Garmisch, at the Parkenkirchen Hotel. We flew from London this morning. Well, you'll have the full cooperation of everyone here, I assure you. Thank you. Perhaps it might be a good idea if I had a talk with June Jackson. I believe she shared a room with Betty Conrad. Uh, yes, but I'm afraid you won't get much sense out of June just at the moment. Oh, uh, why is that? She's been in bed since yesterday afternoon with a very bad headache. I called in the doctor, but he couldn't find anything seriously wrong. Perhaps it would be a better idea if I talked to her. I'm not quite so terrifying as my husband. <laughs> no, I see no objection to that, Mrs. Temple. So long as you make it a fairly short visit. The poor girl really does seem to be under the weather. I'm afraid that chair isn't very comfortable, Mrs. Temple. I'm quite comfortable, thank you. I'm sorry you're not feeling very well, June. Oh, I'll be okay. Do you think you should be reading if you have a bad headache? 
I wasn't really reading, just kind of skipping, I guess. The Third and Fourth Generation by Eliot France. It's one of Betty's books. Can't say I go for him myself. Betty's rather young to be reading Eliot France, isn't she? I doubt if she understands half of it. I'm sure I don't. <laughs> but she's crazy about him, as a person, I mean. You're fond of Betty, aren't you? We shared a room for two years. Hardly ever had a row. I guess that's a record. Aren't you worried about what's happened to her? I don't mind telling you I'm very worried, Mrs. Temple. At first, I thought it was some kind of a joke. Why, does she play jokes? Well, yes, sort of. But you believed her when she said she was going to tea with Elliot France? Of course I believed her. She was so thrilled about it. I told her she really has a crush on him. Mm -hmm. You should have seen her face when she came running in here to say she'd actually been talking to him on the telephone and he'd asked her to tea. Mr. France says he knows nothing about the telephone call. What do you mean? He says he didn't phone her. Well, somebody did. If it wasn't France, then someone impersonated him. Yes. Do you think that's a possibility, Mrs. Temple? Yes, I do. The man on the phone must have known that you had a crush on France and that she'd be sure to turn up if he invited her out to tea. He could have intercepted her at a certain place at a fixed time. Well, yes, I think it's a possibility, June. Have you met Mr. France? Oh, yes, we've all met him. All the girls, at some time or other. Would you say that he had uh, encouraged Betty at all? No, I don't think so. You think she'd have told you if he had? Oh, sure, she'd have told me, all right. <laughs> Was Betty happy at school? Can you think of any reason why she should run away? No. I guess she was one of the happiest girls here. Happier than she was at home, I'm sure of that. After all, they're not very strict here, you know. We get lots of freedom. Mm -hmm. Well, it's certainly a mystery, June. Sure is. I wish I could think of something, Mrs. Temple. I've been lying here thinking and thinking. Guess that's what's brought on this headache. But if there's anything I can do, you've only got to say the word. Thank you. By the way, I suppose there haven't been any letters or messages for Betty since she disappeared? No, nothing. Well, only a postcard from a shop in Garmish. She'll be here somewhere. Oh, yeah, there it is, behind that vase. Oh, thank you. What does it say? I forget. Dear madam, your coat, the blue coat... We'll be ready on Friday the 18th at four o'clock. That was the first episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Conrad Case, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. The part of Sir Graham Forbes was played by Richard Williams, Herr Brechtschaft by Geoffrey Siegel, and June Jackson by June Tobin, with production for the BBC by Martin C. Webster. <laughs>